0: The Unluckiest Paladin in All of D&D Hi everyone! All Things D&D is back with another story. Luck and D&D go together like peanut butter in that cursed D20 that is locked away forever in Dice Prison. It knows what it did. Listen to this wonderful story of bad luck and a great party. Hello dear adventurers. As much as I enjoy some of the horror stories, I am more inclined to the more lighthearted and fun tales. Thankfully, I have quite the fun story to share with all of you from my very first campaign. The cast, me, Capellia, a living doll, homebrew race, life cleric of the goddess of the hearth, and fortune Estia. She desperately wishes to become a real girl, and doesn't want anyone to know that she's actually a doll brought to life. So everyone thinks she's just a little girl who just happens to wear fancy clothes that completely cover her body. Don't know why, but everyone in the party absolutely loves her. D M. The DM, an amazing storyteller and a friendly young man who invited me into the game after seeing my post of looking for a DM on the D&D Beyond Discord, announced to us his engagement to his boyfriend by referring to his fiance as his ex-boyfriend. It gave us all a laugh after a quick panic at first. Ameria, wood elf druid of the wildfire circle, pyromantic gay disaster and something of a big sister figure to Capellia, has a special sense she refers to as vibes. Never deny her ale. Heron, Asimar Paladin of the God of Guardians and Protection Helm, a minor god in this campaign. A positive and sweet young man who just wants to help others. After our first combat, he taught a bunch of kids he helped protect how to fist bump. Graham Mack McCready, Goblin Barbarian, one of the more common sense members of the party who owns his own shop and has a nasty temper. His player describes him as having a lot of Hulk energy and was accidentally cursed to grow a tail every time he got angry after a little misadventure with a fairy one night. does Shigar Goblin bard who loves to cause mischief has a bit of a playful grudge against the star of this story after he accidentally mistook her for a child. She will take advantage of any opportunities she gets to get back at him through various pranks and more. Princess Zarya Kree Half-elf hexblade warlock princess of an elven kingdom has a mysterious dagger that she speaks to. Her dagger seems thirsty for blood but she refuses to kill anyone who is an evil. Kobe, kobold rogue, a bit of a coward with a sweetheart. He loves to tinker, and his claws became scarred after various tinkering mishaps. Turi, human paladin and the star of our story, was a town guard who is in love with an orc queen. Despite his best efforts, he tends to screw up a lot due to bad roles, and has become the butt of the joke of the party. Has earned himself the nickname Sir Incompetence from Capellia before she even learned his name, due to the various mistakes he made in their initial meeting. Turi, human paladin and the star of our story. Was a town guard who is in love with an orc queen. Despite his best efforts, he tends to screw up a lot due to bad roles and has become the butt of the joke of the party. Has earned himself the nickname Sir Incompetence from Capellia before she even learned his name due to the various mistakes he made in their initial meeting. In this homebrew campaign, we discovered a conspiracy involving a powerful company across the land known as the Turtle Corporation. They appear to be running horrific experiments turning living creatures into constructs and turning them into puppets. This as you can imagine is rather unsettling for my character as she herself is a construct who may possibly have some connection to the Turtle Corporation due to her coming from a toy shop that might be part of the Turtle Corporation. This land also punishes magic users and is on a crusade to destroy magic and hunt down powerful creatures for unknown reasons. So our story begins with the very beginning of our campaign. Turi was on guard duty during a festival celebrating goblins becoming a friendly race to other races. Despite being on duty, a bad role resulted in him not being able to help, but be distracted with thoughts of the orc queen he's madly in love with, clutching a heart-shaped locket he carries with him. Being so distracted, he fails to notice several of our future teammates talk about fire. Ameria offered to use her fire magic to help Mac make a glass sculpture. My character Capellia, who is further away from them than Turi, did manage to overhear them mention fire thanks to a successful role, and made her way over to them out of curiosity. Almost instantly after we first met, Amaria declared me as her bestie, and I just went along with it, having always wanted a friend, but doomed to a life of isolation until I escaped my creator. After Amaria and I accidentally managed to annoy Mac enough, he dragged us over to the nearest town guard to get them out of his way. That town guard was none other than Turi. Turi attempted to help us sort out accommodations for the night, as neither Amaria nor I had a place to stay. Me being on the run from my creator, and Amaria traveling the land after being exiled from her tribe after accidentally causing a forest fire, Turi had to check with a fellow guard if Amaria might be a minor, as he did not know how old she would be in human terms. Due to her elf nature, she was just on the verge of being an adult, that was still considered a minor. Before he could check with me about my age, he was spooked from behind by Does. Thinking she was also in need of accommodations for the night, he made the mistake of asking her if she was a minor. Now, Duz is a goblin who dressed in a yellow shirt, blue overalls, and her ears were decorated with various piercings and had a lot of energy, so she did seem a bit young. It also didn't help that the goblin festival the town was celebrating had a bunch of kids running around wearing goblin masks. Duz, being the chaotic mischief maker that she is, and Mac, being the grumpy goblin that he is, were not pleased with Turi mistaking her for a child. They both began yelling at him, Turi desperately trying to apologize and make up for his mistake. All the players out of game couldn't help but laugh at the exchange. The situation did eventually resolve, and we began working out accommodations for us. However, before Turi could escort us anywhere, the town was suddenly attacked by goblins. The party did their best to help protect the townspeople as best we could. Several of the party members helped rush civilians to safety and provide them shelter from harm. Others focused on attacking the goblins, and I focused on healing the wounded and making sure no one went down. At some point I used a special ability that my character had, from her race, called Soul Sight, which allowed me to passively see the alignment and or race of any creature within 20 feet of me. Upon using this ability of mine to specifically check their alignment, hoping that maybe it could help provide us some aid in how to approach the situation, the DM informed me that they were unaligned. After the various stories I heard, I knew that this was not a good sign, so I warned the others that there was something off about these goblins. While Mac was successfully hulking out and killing half of the goblins on his own, Turi was having difficulties landing a hit on any of the goblins himself. He at one point almost even fell off of a building due to a near bad roll in his attempt to jump from one building to another. Turi did eventually land a blow, which turned out to be the final blow to defeat all the goblins, but he had moved so far away from the rest of the party, chasing after the final goblin, that no one else saw him finish off the last goblin, so as a result, no one saw him provide any useful aid throughout the battle. After the battle, we began working on crowd control and sorting out the chaos of the situation. The town guard who helped Turi figure out Amaria's age and fight against the goblins had to go check on the rest of the town as we were only in one area that had been attacked and she needed to go help provide aid, leaving Turi in charge of the situation of the area we just cleared. This quickly proved to be not the wisest of decisions as Mac decided to try and drag one of the goblins' bodies into his shop to better examine it behind Turi's back. Mac ended up rolling poorly on his rolls repeatedly, all his attempts to drag the body away only resulting in the bodies falling apart more and more on him. Despite the poor roles, Turi's were even worse as he constantly failed to notice this angry goblin trying to drag away a corpse that was falling apart. It became even more embarrassing for the town guard when my character did notice this and brought it to the attention of the others. It was funny as we players imagine this little girl twirling a parasol, noticing an angry goblin trying to drag away a falling apart corpse while the town guard had no clue of what was going on just behind his back. It wasn't until one of Turi's superiors and a mage who worked with the town guards came to check up on them and noticed Mac disrupting the crime scene that Turi finally noticed what was going on. While Turi, the town guard's superior and mage were scolding Mac for disturbing the crime scene, I stepped closer to the corpse and used my soul sight again, this time to identify their race. We all had a moment of dread as the DM informed me that I sensed that these goblins were only half goblin. According to my soul sight, they were mostly constructs. Sure enough, when Amaria took a closer look, their bodies were mostly filled with crystals. She managed to swipe one of the crystals from the corpse she inspected and bag it, Turi once again failing to notice this. We did eventually settle on moving the corpses to Max's shop and received help properly moving the bodies from the aid of a mage who worked with the town guards. Despite my character being the medical expert, I built her specifically to be the party healer as I do greatly enjoy supports and thought it would be easier for me to play as a healing support in my first game. I played her as being too disturbed by the corpses to get too close to them. The party thought this was due to the horrific state the bodies were in, but it was actually because she was disturbed more by the fact that they were once living beings who were stripped of their life and soul and turned into constructs. Let's just say that my character didn't exactly have the greatest of opinions of being a construct and greatly disapproved of those who would turn a living being into a construct when she herself is a construct who desperately wanted to become a truly living being. I had decided that I would portray her as only being able to pretend to be a living being by mimicking those around her, developing a habit of people watching and learning from watching others, hence why she was so observant and had such high passive insight compared to Turi who is a town guard. She otherwise felt empty inside and was uncertain if she could even truly feel anything beyond her longing to become a real girl. Sorry for all this context about my character, I just thought it would help explain some weird habits of my character that do come up and play into the story. After the autopsy on the Construct Goblins, we discovered a strange crystal in the necks of the corpses. They had the logo of the Turtle Corporation on them, which gave the mage chills. He casted a spell to protect the room from any spying, and assigned us the task of investigating the Turtle Corporation for any similar crimes, and why they would send these Construct Goblins to attack a port town during the Goblin Festival. We all agreed, some of us having personal reasons to accept this quest, while others either simply wanted to help or had nothing else to do. It was at this point that I pointed out, in character, that most of us did not know each other's name. I had even referred to Turi as Sir Incompetence as I, in character, had not learned his name and didn't know what else to call him. We all introduced ourselves and set out on our journey to discover the truth behind the Turtle Corporation's corrupt power that spread across all the land. Along our way to an inn, we were ambushed by some bandits while we attempted to help an injured man and woman on the side of the road. They did manage to take us off guard when they struck us with a log that swung in out of the surrounding woods, Turi just being lucky enough to be outside of its range. Duz and I failed our rolls and were knocked prone, while Mac managed to jump to safety and land on top of the log as it swung by. We were still worn out from our battle with the Construct Goblins and had not had the chance to rest long enough to recover. I used my last spell slot to try and heal the woman, while Duz used Spare the Dying on the man, who seemed to be in the worst shape. It was around this time that we were finally joined by the final two members of our party, Zarya and Kobe. We finally had some favor in this battle, though we quickly accepted that our offer to leave us be if we simply let them walk away with ten gold rather than the large sums of money one of them managed to swipe when they stole Mac's bag. It was at this time that we realized that the man and woman we tried to help were also bandits and were not injured at all, having merely covered themselves in pig's blood or something to fake their injuries. The man Turi was carrying on his back literally slipped off all nonchalant, leaving Turi completely stunned. I'll admit, this one was on me. I used my soul sight to try and detect how many bandits were surrounding us, and I failed to acknowledge when the DM informed me that everyone within range of my ability, including the man and woman, were of evil alignment. My bad. After that embarrassing encounter, we finally reached an inn where we could rest for the night. Ameria, Duz and I merely stayed downstairs long enough to eat, before turning in for the night while the others drank up. Turi ended up getting so drunk that he began dancing atop the bar counter and singing about his love for the orc queen as the others drunkenly cheered him on. It was a pretty hilarious scene. We all ended up having some sort of encounter or dream that night that helped provide us further context about our own personal missions or goals. During Duz's interaction with a jester-like bard, Turi's mistake of confusing her for a child came up, and Turi got chills, apologizing in his drunken sleep as this interaction occurred. As funny as that little moment was, that was actually not the funniest interaction during these personal moments for each character. That honor would go to Mac, whose beforehand mentioned interaction with a fairy came into play. He apparently had spent the night with this little mushroom fairy lady, doing drugs or something in his drunkenness. The drug he took resulting in him growing a tail whenever he got angry. Unfortunately for Mac, he's angry all the time. It's heavily implied that they did do a little more than drugs, though my brain is honestly a little too fried from that scene to recall all the detail. I'm an asexual cinnamon roll, who had never had to listen to so much details in an RP before. Please forgive me. We all got a good laugh from that scene. We continued on our journey, singing country road along our travels, before having to stop for another night. Turi offered to take second watch after Ameria and I, Duz insisting she'd join him so she could have an opportunity to poke fun at him. Before Duz can enact any pranks on him, they noticed a strange white flame emerging from the campfire we had going. Despite it being one of the first actually good roles Turi got throughout the campaign, he chose to dismiss it as a trick of the light or something. Mistake won that night. After a bit of time, they noticed the white flame actually floated up from the campfire and moved away from the group. Instead of deciding to wake up someone just in case, the two decided to follow the strange flame together. Mistake 2 of that night. After following the strange flame for about 10 minutes, the two were told to make wisdom saving throws. Duz managed to roll high enough to save, but Turi failed. Mistake 3 of that night. He was caught in a bit of a trance. Duz began making her way back to the group for help when the strange flame suddenly vanished. Finally snapping out of his trance and realizing that this was probably a bad situation, Turi turned to make his way back to the group, only for it to appear right in front of his face. He screamed like a little girl. Luckily, his scream was loud enough to wake up everyone and prepare them for initiative. Lucky for us as two other strange flames appeared above the sleeping bodies of a few party members while they were away. Turns out that these were Will o' the Wisps. Turi tried to get away from the Will o' the Wisp that had startled him. This however triggered an opportunity attack for the Will of the Wisp, to attack him with lightning. Turi tried to get it to stop attacking him by pleading with it. This just prompted it to shock him again, nearly bringing him down to zero hit points. Definitely not Turi's night. Turi wasn't completely alone in his mishaps that night. Zarya also had some troubles when she rolled low on Minor Illusion, her miniature version of herself. She meant to make it appear we greatly outnumbered the Will of the Wisps, backfiring when her Illusion somehow managed to trip and fell through my character, who was still waking up. Needless to say, I was wide awake now that I saw a miniature version of Zarya halfway through my body like a ghost. Harren eventually managed to ward off the Will of the Wisps, using a combination of his Asimar blood and paladin powers. This was rather embarrassing for Turi, who was supposed to be on guard and protect us only for him to nearly be killed and saved by a younger and more naive paladin, who managed to get rid of the Will of the Wisps in a single turn. I think it's safe to say that Turi was not having the best night. The next day, we took a rest from our travels at an area where travelers could stop and rest, trade, and exchange information and such. An elderly goblin caught our attention, promising to share with us information about the Turtle Corporation if we answered his riddles. The deal was that he would answer one question and give us a reward for each riddle we answered correctly. We did successfully manage to answer each riddle correctly, though we did have a bit of a hiccup with our first question. We obviously wanted to discuss what our questions should be as a group before asking the elderly goblin directly. However, Turi accidentally wasted our first question by asking for permission to be able to discuss it. This unfortunately counted as a question. Turi didn't even put up an argument when we all took at least one hit at him for wasting a question. He did attempt to redeem himself when the elderly goblin began talking about a big stick, prompting Turi to cover my character's ears and snap at the goblin for talking like that in front of a child, much to my confusion. I'll admit it took me a second to catch the joke while everyone else was laughing. As it turns out, however, the goblin was actually talking about his walking stick instead of what Turi thought he was talking about. He felt embarrassed for that mistake. We did have a big screw up as a group when one of our rewards can earn us a lot of cash if we chose to sell it, not realizing that the elderly goblin was trying to be discreet about how much we could make off it and prompting him to say it out loud as we struggled to hear and understand his subtlety. This prompted about 50 people to gather around us after it was hinted that we might have a fortune off of us. Luckily, I managed to save the situation by turning to Turi and calling out on his mistake, claiming that we would be rich by now if we got a coin for every mistake he made. I luckily managed to roll in at 20, clearing us of any suspicion of wealth for most of the crowd. Only about no more than 10 remaining cautious of us. For once, Turi's bad luck was in our favor. I think at this point, Turi just accepted his role as the party screw-up. He was pretty much that one character in every group who just always goofs up somehow, but is still lovable enough that you're willing to tolerate his constant mistakes. It had pretty much been established out of game that this was Turi's role, and we were all loving it. Sure we all had our screw ups at one point, but none of us were quite as lacking with luck as he was with his dice rolls. I pointed out how much funnier this was, considering the fact that I worshipped the goddess of luck and had quite a few interactions with Turi. We all laughed when I pointed this out. In our latest session, however, was when this running joke truly shined. We managed to track down a goblin camp we believed had some connection to the Turtle Corporation. We discussed how we should approach the situation. Unfortunately, when we began the session, our two goblins of the party were absent, one unable to make it and the other running late. I had hoped that maybe they could approach the camp first, as fellow goblins, and earn their trust, but that plan sadly would not work without their players present. Before Mac could arrive, we somehow came up with a plan to pretend to be an a cappella group called the Acapellias, and I was placed as the conductor riding on top of one of our mules' heads. I didn't pick the name nor approve the plan. Like I said, the party just really loves my character for some reason. The DM called for a performance check from all of us, needing a total of 80 from all of us in order to pass. I rolled a 3 and we were missing too many players. Before we could execute this plan, Heron accidentally triggered a goblin trap and nearly fell into a spike pit. He managed to save himself, but accidentally caused quite the domino effect. He bumped into Kobe, Kobe knocked into the mule I was standing on the head of, I was sent flying and crashed into someone, and so on. We all massively failed and we're now in a heap on the ground, accidentally giving ourselves away to the goblins. Here's the golden moment. Ironically, despite his absolutely abhorrent luck and long streak of screwing things up for the party, Turi was the only one who was still standing and unaffected by the domino effect. He was just sitting on our second mule, staring at the chaos before him as we all lay on the ground. Context: Before our sessions, one of our players would take out her deck of tarot cards and draw our fortune for the game. This particular session she drew the tower card. This was bad. It meant that something was going to go horribly wrong for us. Sure enough, this came true. We are just lucky that Mac joined the game in time to speak to the goblins and clear us of suspicion, claiming that we were his traveling group of clowns. He sadly did not persuade them into speaking with us, but we did manage to avoid combat and one of the goblins let it slip that they were waiting for something. We all had a good laugh about this incident during and after the session. We found it hilarious how the one guy who always manages to fail spectacularly was the one person who was not caught up in this group failure. I guess it was a bit of karmic justice for Turi's streak of rotten luck and us poking fun at him for it. And that is my tale of our beloved paladin Turi and his many mistakes and one success while the rest of us failed miserably. This game is still ongoing and I am sure I will have many more stories to share. I only hope that Turi's luck finally begins to change for the better and without causing the rest of us to fail so horribly. But if there is one positive thing I can say from this tale, it's that as amazing as successful roles can be, it's the failed roles that can often make the session and bring the characters together. I hope you all enjoyed. And remember, a failed role can become something wonderful. Sometimes a mistake can be something wonderful. Fantastic story! Share your failures with us! Please let us know what you think and comment below. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel, All Things DD. Our videos are posted every Tuesday and Friday, so stay tuned for more amazing Dungeons and Dragons content.